While we remain standing, I hope you brought your Bible with you this morning. Turn to the book of 2 Corinthians in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Second Corinthians chapter number four. Our folks, if you see someone that does not have a Bible, share your Bible with them, would you please? I'd appreciate that, and they probably would too. Second Corinthians chapter number four. Drop down to verse number eight. I'll read out loud. You follow along with me silently, but let's read this together. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest, brought out, made known, seen in our body. The Bible said that men may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Men, even most Christians, do not walk by faith. I, I hope you're here next Sunday night. I have a very, very important message preached here. Uh, even uh, most people do not walk by faith. I think we think we do, and I think to a point, and in some areas we might, we may. But most people don't. I think the Lord understanding that give us visible things to follow until we learn how to do that. Example, uh, if you say, well, I could just follow the Lord, then why did he give you a pastor? Well, kids could just follow the Lord. Then why did he give them a mom and a dad? Well, we as people could just do what's right. Then how come he gave us magistrates and, and policemen? And why did he do that? And by the way, those are called ministers of God. And so when you're disobeying them, you're disobeying the ministers that God gave for our good. And so you were disobeying the Bible. So with all that being said, we come to find out sometimes that God does things we just do not understand. Why would God do I hear people say, why would God do this? Why does God allow that? How come I have to go through this? We do not understand that people need to see Jesus in us. That men may see your good works and glorify your Father as a dead. Here he said, always manifest in our body, brought out, seen in our body. So whatever this is all about, it is so other people can see the working of God in our body. But you're not going to like what this has to say. You're not going to like when the Bible said, after you suffered a while, make you perfect, strengthen, establish, settle you. And we like the whole thing except the first step, suffer. Jesus said, that, that uh, the apostles said that we may fellowship with the Lord at the fellowship of his sufferings. We just, we'd like to sidestep all of that. And yet the Lord said people will really pay attention when they see you suffer and still obey me and do what's right. This is what they see. So when you come to church, when you go out in the world, people are watching you. you say, I have Jesus in here. That's, that's where it starts, but they can't see that. Right. Well, they'll have to take my word for it. They won't. They won't. People want to see proof of what you say. All right? This is the importance of living the Christian life once, once you have received Jesus. So you receive Jesus. Sins are gone. Sins are taken care of. You have eternal life. That's taken care of. Now, how are we going to live for the Lord? That's what's important. And so I want to help you with this this morning. Father in heaven, thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask you to bless this morning. Watch over those that are not here. Lord, you knew they needed this message. Watch over those that are going somewhere else. But I pray that they're watching live stream and able to get as much as they can out of this without being here. Bless the dear folks that are here, our visitors. Thank you so much. Our faithful members that are here this morning. I hope that this will strengthen them and help them and help them to understand exactly the importance of people watching us is very, very important. So I ask you to help me to help them, not for my purpose, not for my cause, but for the cause of Christ. Please meet with us this morning. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you. Thank you. Be, be seated. I, I want you to look at verse number nine, would you please? I want you to look at verse number nine, that last part in verse number nine. I want you to look at that and it says, see this what it says? Cast down but not destroyed. That just doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> Cast down, but not destroyed. I decided 
Uh, I'm real big on, if you look through my Bible, I, I don't write messages in my Bible. I know a lot of preachers that do that. I, I've tried it. It doesn't work for me. But I write a lot of definitions down. I write a lot of things I think God talked to me about. So I, I'm big on definitions because I find out most people that use the English language really use words. They think they know the, the, the definition, but they don't. And so it, it, when it comes to Bible, uh, the Bible talks about we need an every word Bible. Why? As long as we get the basic idea. No, no, no. God said he shall preserve his words to, all gener- to, to, to every generation, that he perfectly preserved his word. That God said it would go from generation. I got so out there somewhere is an every word of God Bible. When you start taking away words and adding words and putting in your thoughts, it ceases to be the word of God. Okay? So now we come to the King James Bible, and here's what we're going to find out. I decided to look this up, and here's it, cast down but not destroyed. So I thought, okay, what does that mean, cast down but not destroyed? Cast down means, you ready for this? It means thrown down. It means pushed down. It means knocked down. That's what that means. It means knocked down. And then actually it means to take someone by force, by force and knock them to the ground. It actually, that's exactly what it means, knock them down. Okay, it doesn't mean shove. It means knock them down. So I looked this up. I want to talk to you this morning. So it says, but not destroyed. So somebody has been knocked down, but they haven't been destroyed. Now listen to me carefully here. I'm going to try to encourage you this morning. As soon as I said that, some of you get this far off look like, I know what that's all about. Good, then you should be identified what I'm getting ready to talk about, right? Quit thinking about just the knockdown part. Think about the overall sermon we're getting ready to talk about. I want to talk to you about this this morning. It's not over till it's over. It's not over till it's over. And we say that and we say amen, then how come so many people are quitting before they die and go to be with the Lord? So we, we do, we get knocked down so many times, we call it quits. What's the use? Why go on? Why pick up and try again? Well, this is what the Apostle Paul, I think, is trying to describe to us. Now, I'm not sure, but it sounds to me like the Apostle Paul here is talking maybe like a boxing match. Maybe that's what he's talking about. You say, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not for two people getting in a, getting in a ring and, and beating the mucous membrane out of each other. And uh, I, I'm not for, I think it's brutal. I think it's terrible. I don't think they ought to do that. But as long as it's on TV, I'm going to watch it. So there you go. So. What happens here says they're cast down but not destroyed. They're knocked down but not knocked out. So get the picture here. Here's what's going on. I, I don't know if you've ever boxed or, or ever, ladies, I'm not talking to you, or been in a good fight, <laughs> had ladies go like, yeah, I have, preacher. Um, but what happens, imagine you're, you're in a ring and two guys are squaring off, okay, and they're getting ready to, to box, and one guy knocks the other guy. He hits him so hard, he knocks him to the ground. Now, the guy standing up thinks, it's over. I got him. The guy on the ground thinks, he knocked me down. What am I going to do? So get this picture. You've got two guys in a ring. And I think the Apostle Paul is trying to describe this a little bit. And the guy standing over him is pretty sure it's done. I've knocked him down. I've knocked him down. It's over. The guy on the ground on the mat is only knocked down, but he's not knocked out. He still has his wits about him. It's not over till it's over. The Apostle Paul is talking about sporting events. I know a lot of Christians are like, I'm not for sporting events. Well, the Apostle Paul uses illustrations a lot. So we find out here, go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. You're in 2 Corinthians. Go back three or four pages. You should bump right into it. Look at chapter number 9, 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. I'm switching. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Look at verse number 27. Now, the Apostle Paul brings this in a little closer to himself, or, and we should do the same thing, okay? Instead of just letting your flesh do what it wants and, well, you know how people are and that kind of stuff, here's what the Apostle Paul said. Look at verse 27. But I, now speaking personally of himself, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. The Apostle Paul, when he said, I keep under my body, now, in our English, it doesn't seem to have this much meaning to it. But actually, Paul, the Apostle Paul said it means to buffet. Now, buffet doesn't sound like a real bad word. But watch this. Brother Pledge, come here. If I were to buffet him, if I were to buffet him, what it means is to black his eyes. 
but when we think buff, it's like a powder puff or, you know, bump into something. It's not, he didn't bump into himself. He buffeted himself. We come to find out when Jesus, the same thing they did to him, they blacked his eyes. They buffeted him and they blacked his eyes. So if I were to hit him, I could probably knock him down. I'm pretty sure. So I could do that and black his eyes. But watch, the apostle Paul said, nobody needs to do that. I do that to myself. I realize when my flesh, listen to me, listen to me carefully. I realize when my flesh is trying to knock me down, when my flesh is trying to make me quit, when my flesh is standing over me bragging on how it's getting the best of me, before that ever happens, I hit myself in the face, so to speak, thank you, so to speak to say, flesh, you're not winning this. Now, you have to understand you are in a spiritual battle. It's not just them against you and they have a different opinion. They, they do, but that's not what the battle's all about. The battle is about making you quit, about you giving up. Folks, look at me. If you're saved, you cannot lose your salvation. It's impossible to lose your salvation. Look at me again. For those of you that are Armenian, think you can lose it and save it and lose it and save it, you can't. It's impossible. You have no Bible for that at all. You think you do until you match it with other scripture and you have a huge controversy that's not going to work. So what happened here is Paul said, I get under my body, I get my fleshly nature. When it begins to rise up, Paul said like a boxer except hitting himself and saying, you're not winning. You're, you're not winning this round. You're not winning that round. You're not winning. I will buffet my, I will control myself. I will knock my flesh down, but I'm going to go on and live for the Lord. So the apostle Paul is talking like this. Example, go to Hebrews chapter 12. Matthew, Mark, Hebrews, you there? That's the short version. That's probably the kind of Bible uh, that some people have. Who knows? Okay. Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse number 1. Now, uh, anybody here ever ran track? Anybody run track? Oh, all of us are very fast. Okay, wonderful. Uh, I was, uh, when I was still in school, I was my first time, my first time in 10th grade, 10th grade, I was going to Hilliard. Uh, way back in the day, way, way back in the day. And we went down to French Field House down on Ohio State campus, and I was the third person in a 4 by 4 race. That means I was the slowest guy. Okay, that's why he put them there. And uh, we were running there. And that happened one time. But what got me was when I got ready to run, I made a mistake. I looked around at the crowd. I couldn't believe how many people were watching me. Everybody was watching the race. You follow me? If you've ever ran track, I don't care if it's inside, outside, some little track, and you had metal bleachers outside. It make, people were watching the race. They're watching you run your leg of the race. That's what they call it. They call it a little leg or your portion of the race. So watch what it says here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed, that means surrounded, with, a, with so great a cloud of witnesses. People are witnessing. They're watching. Watch what happens here. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The Christian life is like a track meet, not a sprint. It's more like a, like a, um, a marathon. You, you want to hurry and get through it. It's going to continue on until your life is done. That's the way. There is no place you're supposed to be quitting. You say, well, it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. Look up here. They're watching you. Everybody's watching you. You won't believe this. I could show you that actually people in hell are watching you. People in heaven are watching you. People all around you, friends and enemies, they're watching you. People want to know, are you going to make this or aren't you? If you can't make it and you're a pretty good Christian, I'll never make it. I haven't even started yet. If, you're, if you cannot make it and I'm watching you and you start to fall behind, see, that's what I would do. I'll never make it either. Ladies and gentlemen, some of us have got to decide we're not going to quit no matter what happens. We may fall behind. We may ease up a little, but I ain't about ready to quit. Somebody may knock you down, but that doesn't mean the fight is over with. So what do we have here? We, we, we're all being watched. He's speaking here of running a race. He's speaking here, we'll find another place of wrestling, another place of boxing. The Apostle Paul in his day in the Roman Colosseums and stuff, lots of, they called it sports, going on. And Paul, I'm sure, was familiar with this. And he said, let me talk about something you all are familiar with. So if I were to talk about football, basketball, Soccer, is that? Okay, whatever. And uh, we'd talk about that. You'd start identifying. you say, okay, now I know what he's talking about. So the Apostle Paul is using this to speak to us. So he's teaching here in all of these illustrations. Look at me. It's not over till it's over. 
I got a guy in a boxing ring that got knocked down. Ding, it's over. No, that's not the way it works. He was knocked down, but he wasn't knocked out. We got a guy here running here. They just keep, they just keep always getting beat on. Don't you feel that way sometimes? Like no matter what you do, see it's happening again. Like you're being beat on. You know, like, like every time you try to get up, somebody hits you and you go down again. You just can't seem to get back on your feet and get on level ground and get some strength going again. The apostle Paul said, look, I know what you're talking about, but please understand, it's not over till it's over. It is just not over till it's over. But here's, we're calling it quits long before you're even dead. I'm done. I'm done. I can't take it anymore. Why, so you're dead? Oh, well, no, but I'm knocked down. Are you knocked out? No, I'm not knocked out, but I've been knocked down. Everybody's been knocked down. Everybody's been knocked down. Why are you waving the white flag? The guy in your corner is the one with the towel that throws it in. And Jesus hasn't thrown in the white towel on you, so quit asking for it because it's not over until it's over. You're always getting knocked down. Everybody gets knocked down. The apostle Paul said, okay, you got knocked down. He's identifying. I got it. I, I have to buffet myself. I've been, Paul said, I fought a good fight. Isn't that what he said? Paul said, boy, I've been in some good ones. Man, I'm telling you. There was a time I was in prison, and I was my back was laid over. Boy, I was in a good fight on that day. I remember a day they drug me out of town and stoned me, and they thought they killed me. Boy, that was a good fight. I remember that one. And the apostle Paul got back up, walked back into town, and preached again. You know what he was saying? I got knocked down, but I didn't get knocked out. I may fall behind because now my physical self is weak and I can't seem to have the same stamina that I used to have. But bless God, I'm going to go on until God said you're done. Amen. We're giving up way too soon. It's not over till it's over. Now let's talk about this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Go back there, please. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. The devil loves to discourage. We love to discourage each other. How's your day going? Terrible. Yeah, mine too. Right? We love to do it. We love to talk people into having a bad day. You come in the morning and go, man, it sure is sunshine out. Yeah, but it's going to rain later. Yeah, but it's not like right now, you know. How are things going? Fine, but you know by the, how life is, you know, it's all going to go bad sooner or later. How about this? Life's going bad, but it's going to get better. How about this? No matter what happens, I'm going to heaven. See, we always put that negative so that when the guy's down, we just put a wet towel over his head and stop him from breathing and say, it's not my fault. Ladies and gentlemen, we have got to start encouraging each other that this thing can be done. Look, you can't avoid the battles. You can't avoid the fight. You can't avoid, you can't avoid. That's part of the life as a Christian. But you don't have to quit. It's not over till it's over. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 8. Actually, Jerry's here this morning and uh, he and his wife, his wife just gave her kidney to one of our, one of our ladies here. And then she started running into problems. That same lady, his wife, is watching over her mother that has severe dementia right now. And I mean, it's getting bad by the day, right, Jerry's just telling me about that. And here you are, somebody picked on you, and you're having a tough time living. Now, I'm glad I don't have to go through that. But what Jerry and his wife are showing us, we got, we got knocked down, but we didn't get knocked out. Yeah, it's tough, but it's not worth quitting over. You have got to resolve in your mind one way or another. What's it? Okay, watch it. Ready? I can tell you when you're going to quit. Right now, how much are you willing to put up with? Well, it's all according. You're not going to make it. It's not all according because some things are going to come up you're never going to understand. It's going to hurt you so deeply you think you'll never be able to recover. It's going to hit you so hard you'll think you can't catch your breath and I might as well be dead. But you're not dead. You're knocked down. You're not knocked out. You can still go on. Look at me, girls. Listen to me. People are listening to you instead of me. I want you to stop that. Listen to me. So what's happening is here. You've got to start encouraging the people around you and encourage yourself. The apostle Paul said, can I tell you what I do when things get out of hand? Whap! He wasn't talking physically, I hit myself in the face. He's talking about his spiritual, natural self. When it begins to get the best of me, I fight back and I put it where it needs to be. I knock it down. I do not let it knock me down. Watch what it says here in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, sorry, and verse number 8. Watch what he says. We are troubled on every side, yet not, yet not distressed. Troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Now, in our English, it, it sounds not that bad. If you're in trouble, don't be distressed. Okay, that's it. Okay, good. That didn't help you a bit, did it? Actually, that didn't even make sense. 
But the full meaning means this. Trouble, you ready? Listen to me. Some of you are going through this right now. Trouble means afflicted. Suffered tribulations on every side. I mean, it's bad. No matter which way I turn, I was reading about David the other day. David said, I turned to my right hand. I went to my left hand. God, I normally find God right there. God's not there right now. Everywhere he turned in all this trouble, he could not find help at the time. David didn't give up. We set limits on God. Well, if God doesn't do this, I think I'm just going to have to quit. What are you talking about? What are you talking Look, you're in a ring. You got knocked down. Okay, I get it. And it hurt. I mean, it hurt. The guy hit you hard enough to knock you to the ground. But the, you're not knocked out. I know it hurts, but you're not knocked out. Everybody goes through hurt. Everybody gets punched by this world and by the devil. Multiple times, most of us. And you keep thinking to yourself, I'm not sure how much more I can do it. You don't have to do it much more time. Just one more time. Just do one more time. The Bible said a righteous man falleth seven times, yet riseth up again. Get back on your feet again. Get, you say, well, I'm trying. No, you get back to church because God said don't forsake the assembly. You go and witness somebody because that's what God said to do. You still be kind to other people no matter what you're going through because that's what Christians do. Troubled, afflicted, pressed on every side, pressed. But he said, I'm not distressed, not hemmed in. I'm not in such an area, I still don't have room to move. It really means not pinned. What does that sound like? Let's see, press but not pinned. Sound like wrestling. Anybody ever wrestle? Ladies, don't raise your hand. Uh, ladies, go, yeah, I did. Uh, back in the day before WWF and, and all that fake wrestling, there used to be real wrestling. Lex Mayer's big time wrestling. Right down here in the middle of Columbus. I'm talking about real wrestling. I'm talking about sweet daddy Siki. I'm talking about the two iron mass men from Russia. I'm talking about real wrestling. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking about this fake stuff. I'm talking about real wrestling is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about big bear cat right. Oh, man, was he good. Oh, that guy had a grip. You just wouldn't. I'm talking, you understand I'm talking real wrestling now. And they'd come out in the middle, and you know how they do. They're doing this, and they grab each other. Bang. Right? And the referee, he's going around. He's, he's watching, making sure everybody's doing things fair. And they're all standing around like that. Then all of a sudden, one of them gets thrown. Right? And as soon as that does, the other guy gets on top of him. And you know what he does? He tries to press his shoulders to the ground. Is that right? Is that what he does? Look, folks, I'm talking real wrestling. I know you're not familiar with it. But that's what we're doing. Right? So the guy's on the ground. And the guy that flipped him has him down, and the referee gets down. <clears throat> He's looking at his shoulders. One! And the guy lifts his shoulders back up. And he starts all over again. And the guy presses him again. He goes back down, and the ref gets down on the ground, and he looks down there. One! Two! And the guy gets back up again. Do you know why he keeps getting up? Because he's pressed, but he's not pinned. You're not pinned until all three counts are there. That's just the way it's supposed to work. Are you listening to me? That doesn't mean after three times you can quit. This is just an illustration. But what he's talking about here is like wrestling. Somebody's being pressed, but they're not pinned. Folks, everybody gets under pressure. Everybody faces tough times. Sometimes we think we're all, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. That's not true. There are thousands of people out there probably went through what you went through and, and, and even more. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean it doesn't count. It just means other people have gone through it, which means you can too. They're just not going to quit. I've been watching Jerry. I've been watching his wife. I've been watching Deidre and Shannon. And don't you question, I don't know if I can do that. Is that what you do, right? We look at other people and go, man, I don't know if I can do that. Boy, that seems awful hard to have to face, right? We look at other people and start judging ourselves on what we could or couldn't do. Troubled on every side troubled on every side but not distressed I'm not distressed I'm pressed but I'm not pinned you ever been pressed by this world by your flesh by the devil and you actually think it's over I tell people all the time there have been times in my Christian life I am sure the devil had his gun right at my forehead and had his finger on the trigger I mean it's over he got me I'm down it's over I, I can't explain it. He missed. I'm scared. I'm going down. I know I am. 
times does God have to prove himself to you that he can get you through something? You say, I just don't know if he can this time. Did he before? Have you ever been knocked down before? Yes. Yes, you have. I, I had uh, all the friends I used to run around with, they all were fighters. And uh, I had one, I said here one time, I said, I wouldn't have a friend that's never been in a fight. Sure enough, one of my friends came to me and said, you know that statement you keep making? I was in a fight one time, got hit and told the guy quit. I didn't know I had friends like that. I know girls that can fight harder than that. But anyway, I, I'm kidding. So, no, I'm not. So there we go. So we're talking about real wrestling here. Now watch this, what happens. As long as that guy can lift his shoulder, he's not out. He is not out until he cannot do anything else. What am I trying to tell you? Folks, listen to me. Whatever you're going through right now, look up here. Go ahead, just, just think about it for a minute. Not too long because you'll start crying. Just think about it. Whatever it is you're going through right now, go ahead, think about it. Think as deeply as you want to. Loss of a loved one. An illness. We got them all around you. We got an illness that never did go away. We have ladies in here that lost children before, during, and after pregnancy. We have people in here that have been divorced and remarried, and that didn't work either. We have people in here that have been sick, and they're going to be constantly sick till the day they die. So when you start thinking about yourself and saying nobody knows the trouble I've seen, that's not true. That's what the devil wants you to think, that nobody has to suffer like you. No, they have. They have. If nothing else, go back and read the book of Job. That's not a little kid's story. That's a real story about a man who lost everything within just a few days of his life. He sat down in an ash heap and told everybody, naked came I into this world and naked shall I return thither. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. So what did he do? I don't care if I have nothing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He wasn't about ready to count himself out until God said you're dead. That's what we need to do. Everybody gets pressed from time to time. You just need to, yeah, watch these guys, these professional wrestlers like the ones I'm talking about. It looks like they're down. Uh, and out of nowhere. They pull a reversal. Uh, some of you have done that. You just don't realize it. You were down for the count. Out of church. Nothing was working. You were dying. Here you are again. Wonderful. Yay. By the way, people watching. Oh, the crowds are going crazy, right? They got placards and everything. Yeah, kill him. Rip his face off. You know, and in Jesus' name, amen. And they're doing all these things. You got somebody in your corner that's rooting for you. You got people in the stands all around, seeing we're compass surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside. By the way, if you've ever run track, there used to be a guy here who used to run um, marathons. And those are weird people. People run marathons. They're just weird people. They eat weird stuff and they do weird things. Who wants to go out running 26 miles just to run? I'm seriously, what kind of person in their right mind does something like that? But he did. And he would go run and he would tell me sometimes the effect it had on his body. Now he was about that big around. You've never seen a big fat guy running a marathon. There's a reason for that. Because it's not biblical. Oh no, it is. Lay aside every weight. What are you laughing at? I'm not making this up. It's right there in the Bible. He's talking about running a race, and he said, lay aside every weight and the sin. You want to sneak those, those, those cookies, don't you? You're getting ready to run a marathon, and, and your wife made a dozen cookies, your favorite kind, and you walk by Amen. and look around as though nobody's going to notice. It's going to kill you in the race. Amen. We're doing this with our Christianity. Somehow we think we can cheat and still come out on top. You're, you're hurting yourself. Lay aside every weight. You've never seen a fat marathoner. Never. Never. Why? You can't run like that and have that extra weight on you. It can't be done. Christian, listen to me. There are things that you're adding to yourself that's stopping you from winning the race that's set before you. God gave you a race and he gave it to you because he knows you can do it if you'll listen to your coach. If you'll listen to your coach, you can do this. And you keep getting all upset because you keep falling. And fall. I saw, a, 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 I think the guy's name was Jim Ryan. He was a marathoner years and years ago. Uh, ran in the Olympic, I think. Anybody remember the story I'm talking about? I think his name was Jim Ryan. Do you remember? He was running, and uh, it was just amazing what the guy did. 
and they really thought it was over. I, I think I got this story right. Who knows? I don't remember half of what I'm supposed to remember anymore. But he actually had fallen behind, and he actually ran, he fell down. He entered into the arena, and everybody's clapping. He's kind of there by himself, leading everybody. And his legs and everything just cramped. <clears throat> he couldn't move. He went down. He absolutely just went down. And he was trying to crawl and just keep going forward all the time. You listen to me. For something like a ribbon or a trophy, a guy with cramps and can't hardly go on, and now he's got cinders in his legs and knees and on his elbows, and he gets back up and crawls. You think for Jesus Christ we could get back up and keep going for one more weekend that we could actually Amen. pick ourselves off, off the ground and say, you know something? If God be for me, who can be against me? There's got to be a way to keep going on. Just because I fell down doesn't mean it's over with yet. We give up way too easy. It's not over with until it's over. Don't give up. Don't give Christian, listen, quit giving up. What are you giving up to? The world? You take the easy way out, you think the world will eat your lunch. You decide not to walk with God anymore. This world will eat you up. And then you really will have something to cry about. And the whole time, Jesus and heaven and people all around you are going, man, I hope they make it. Boy, I hope they keep going on. Boy, if they can make it, maybe I can make it too. But we don't do that anymore. I admit, some of you, you've been pressed a lot. Some of you, it's not an immediate press. Listen to me. Please pay attention to me. It is just a constant press. Never seems to ease up, does it? I mean, that thing in your body is just never going to quit. Ain't going to quit. I've got a fellow right here sitting right there. One, two, three, four, five, right behind Mrs. Taylor. Just went through open heart surgery, what, three weeks ago? About a month ago. That's pretty close to three weeks. And here he sits in church with his mommy and his brother. Brother. I've got Jerry sitting here with his wife who just gave a kidney away to another lady in our church. And now they're saying it, is, it may not be working. Well, if that's the way it is, we might as well quit. What, what, are, you do, what are you talking about? Everybody's been watching these two ladies and pulling strength from them saying, you know something, if they can go through that, we can go through yeah. this. That's what a lot of this is for. We're watching other people run the race and go, you know, I think I could do that. You watch somebody get knocked down, you think, you say, oh, no, come on, man, get back up. Get back up. Come on, you can do this. And the guy rises to his feet, and it makes you feel stronger because you watch somebody who got knocked down, and you thought to yourself, I guess it's, wait a minute, he's getting back up. He's getting back up. And that puts fear in the other guy because he thought he had it beat, and he did. The devil's got you down, and you think, well, he knows it. So it's not over till God says or till you quit. Number two, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse number 8. Perplexed, but not in despair. You know what that means? Be at a loss mentally. The battle's for the mind. Romans chapter number 8 talks about that. The battle is for the mind. Whoever controls the mind controls the person. That's why it's called the head. You got it? Your feet don't tell you which. Well, my feet took me in the wrong direction. No, it didn't. Your feet did what your mind told them to do. You understand? So here he's saying perplexed but not in despair. Perplexed means be at a mental loss. There's no way seemingly to get through this. I've looked at everything. I've judged everything. I've tried everything. Seemingly there is no way to get through this thing. But watch what he says next. Then he says this, but not in despair. You know what that means? I'm not totally at a loss. Uh, I like watching football, not so much NFL, uh, but I like watching college football. And I'm watching, and you ever see this? Here's the announcer. Well, okay, it looks like this is going to be a running play. Sure enough, the quarterback gets that. He turns and hands off to the running back. What's supposed to happen is the offensive line is supposed to open a hole. Sometimes, I don't know why, the defense doesn't feel led to cooperate. It's really weird. So the guy, he's bumping, he's, he's looking. He's looking for a hole, but seemingly there's not one there. And the announcer's going, oh, my goodness, look at that. That's tighter than Fort Knox. He'll never get. How in the world did he get through there? What he did, it didn't look like there was a way, but he went forward and found a way. A lot of times, you see those doors back there? There's no sense me even trying. They're shut. 
They're shut. And I'm hoping this isn't locked, but watch this. I am going to go, well, it's shut. Look, I'm way up here now. Yeah, still shut. I, mean, I don't know why I need to go on, still shut. Well, look at there. The doors are still shut. I'm going to go here. So what happens is this. Ready? You don't know if you can't make it through here. It's open. But see, you were going to quit back here. And you were going to quit back there. And you looked at it way back there and said, why go on? Look at it shut. You will not know that until you go all the way up against something and there actually is no way to get through there. Amen. This is what God is simply saying. Yes. Look, God knows what you're going through. He loves you. He, he, he knows what's going on. You have got to understand, if God be for me, who can be against me? I've got to understand, if, I've, if I die going forward, there's no shame in that. But how do you explain to the Lord, it looked like the door was shut, so I quit? How do you explain that? How do you explain trusting God when something like that happens? Ladies and gentlemen, go clear to the door and try the handle. If it's locked and there are no other doors, nothing you can do about it. But we quit before we ever get there. We call it quits and we just get perplexed and we get all this pressure on us and we just decide, I can't do this anymore. You listen to me. I've been saved over 51 years and there have been times I've been knocked down and thought I was knocked out, thought it was over with, thought I was in despair. I might as well just throw up the white flag right now, but I did it. Amen. Are you even going to make it 51 years? That's your determination until something comes and punches you and knocks you down. That hurt, why go on? Because you're not knocked out. Amen. Yeah, but preacher, the press, you just don't understand how tough it is. Don't tell me what I don't understand. But they're pressing you, and, and you think to yourself, I'm going down one more, one more time, and my shoulders, I'll be pinned, it'll be over with. Okay, then pull a reversal. Pull that shoulder back up there. Get back to your feet and go at it again. It won't be the last time you're going to need to do that. It means there's no way, but you found a way. In Paul's day, there must have been something like a football game. Or, or you ever play when you were younger, Red Rover, Red Rover? Send the littlest guy over, that kind of stuff. You got all these people that are locking arms, right? Or hands, whatever, whichever way you want to play. Or they got baseball, bat, whatever. And they said, uh, send George Bell right over. And so you get ready. And you're trying to pick out the weakest spot you can find, right? Y'all know? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. So I didn't know if they allowed you to hurt each other in school anymore. We used to play dodgeball too. Man, we'd zing that thing, bounce it right off your head. Those are the fun days. But anyway, so you're back here and you're checking it out where the weak spot is. There doesn't seem to be one. So you try to pick up speed. Enough speed will get you through sometimes. So you determine, I'm going right between those two right there. You win. So what do they do? They prepare. You can see them tighten up. Going like that. And all of a sudden, bang! And everybody hits the ground. You understand? You don't know if you can get through there until you try. And just because you didn't get through, the game's not over with. The game's going to go on. Well, you're giving up way too soon. My dear friend, listen to me. God is depending upon you. Other Christians are depending. They're watching you, hoping that you'll make it. Watch this very carefully. There's a lot of people out there hoping you won't make it. They're hoping you, read the book of Psalms, you're going to find out, David said, there are people out there that don't like me that are hoping that I'll die, that I will not make it. They're telling lies about me that I don't even know where they're coming from. But they're, they don't want him to make it. Right. Do you realize if you make it, that means other people can? That means if you make it, he could make it. So where's his excuse now? Jerry, with all you're going through, if you make it, that means... I should be able to make this. Do you understand? God has given you the visual all around you. God has given you the instruction right here. Look at verse number nine. Look at verse number nine. Verse number nine, persecuted but not forsaken. Persecuted but not forsaken. So far, the apostle Paul talked about a boxer, right? Something like that, something like a boxer. You may be knocked down, but you're not knocked out. The apostle Paul talked about a wrestler, pressed, pressed. This guy's on top of me. He's really pushing for all he's worth. He's trying to get me out of the game. But he said, you're not pinned yet. Think about your life. Whatever you're going through right now, if it's over with, you're not breathing. How many people are still breathing? It's not a, yeah, it's not a trick question. Then he talked about something like a football game 
when all of a sudden somebody handed you the ball and said, you've got to get through there, and you look and say, there's no place to get through. But it's like that door back there. It doesn't look, look, it's shut. It's a hard wood. That's a heavy door. I'll never get through there. You're not even close to it yet. You're looking at it saying, I'll never be able to do that. You don't need, go, Sir, ma'am, just keep walking with the Lord. Fight your way through. Check out the handle. Sure enough, the door opened, and there's a whole new area out there that you can enter into. And you'll say to yourself, hey, hey, I did it. Whoa, I didn't think I'd get through that. Did you see that? Man, that was really good. You've watched football before, and you said the same thing. Man, how in the world did he, three guys got a hold of him, and yet he busted through there, and the, and the commentators are going crazy. Oh, my goodness, who in the world, where did that hole come from? Amen. You know what they were saying? We don't see one either. But he found one. Amen. He never would have had he not just went forward. Now the apostle Paul's talking about a runner. He's persecuted. Verse number nine, but not forsaken. We, we, who is it? A guy by the name of Bolt. Is he the fastest? Who, is he the fastest? There's somebody faster than him. Man, that guy can move. He can bolt. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he's really fast. Everybody, watch this. Everybody that runs against him are the fastest people in the world. But they can't keep up with him. Well, I might as well quit if I'm not as fast as him. There's one guy that's the fastest. The one. Everybody else has their race they have to run. They're even setting records, but they can't keep up with him. This is what we do. Well, if I, I can't do what they're doing, why go on? Run your race. When I was in high school and I used to watch track a lot, there are certain races you have to stay in your lane. You get out of your lane, you're disqualified. The Bible said, run the race that is set before you. The one God has got picked out. Quit looking over at your lane. Well, look at them. They're doing better. Stop that. Yeah, horses, uh, they put, uh, what do they call it, blinders? Yeah, that's what you need sometimes. This is just keep your eyes in your lane, and you just keep fighting your fight, and you just keep moving forward. And when it's done and those things are removed, you're going, hey, a lot of us did this. Yeah. But in the meantime, we get discouraged because somebody else got discouraged and quit. We always are attracted to those. You didn't make it either. Yeah, I guess we're all the same. We're just, I guess we're all failures. No, why are you listen to people like that? Amen. Don't listen to people like that. You go like, hey, listen to me. I'll give you a call. Okay, we'll do this together. Okay, we'll, we'll face this together. We're going to be okay. Come on now. Don't act like that. I'll see you in church on Sunday. I probably won't be there. Look, you got knocked down. You're not even knocked out, and you're calling it quits. Right. How many times have I told you when the battle comes, one of the first things that people tend to do is stop going to church? God said, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but the much more as you see the day approach. God said, look, when tough times come, you need church more. I'll watch it on TV. He didn't say watch it on TV. Even Donald Trump said in the day, you can't watch church on a laptop. You need to be there. You remember COVID? Okay, forget Donald Trump. I know you love him, but just forget him right now. So what happens is God knew it's more than just listen to preaching. You need to be here to see all the people that are here, to shake hands, to see the smiles. Say, yeah, they're here too. The encouragement, the singing. God knew what he was talking about when he said, don't forsake assembling yourselves together. That's the big struggle every time something comes on. Ah, preacher, I don't feel well. There's a lot of things you lie about and put underneath of that, I don't feel well. Okay? Why don't you tell your boss that on Monday? I won't be in again. I don't feel well. You do it enough times, he'll fire you. You do it enough times here, and you'll be missing. And it won't help you a bit. So what happens here is simply this. Paul's talking about now falling behind when you run track. I think now they have a certain type of a, a track you run on. It's, it's almost a spongy. Last time I ran, it was like, last time I ran was decades ago. Um, but it's kind of like a, it has a spongy feel to it. It's not like the old uh, cinder, that kind of stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's no wonder they're running faster. They're on springs. and uh, But when you did it, you fell down. I mean, it's going to show. You're going to bleed. It's going to hurt. People are passing you. 
didn't stop. You see, they have their race to run. And there's a goal that they've been training for. And their coach said, this is what you did. And they've got their eye on the goal for the, for the, for the joy, Jesus said, that was set before me. He had a goal in mind when he came to this world, and that is to accomplish what God asked him to do. And he was going to do it one way or another. It had to be done that way. Listen to me. Like a runner, for some reason, you're, you're not keeping pace, and, and you feel bad about it. You look at other people and go, look, they, they, they're so far ahead of me now. Why go on? Perhaps you stumbled back into sin. Why try again, right? What's it been now? Three times you've done that? Four? Back again? Now, before you get and feel real guilty, like preacher knows. No, your wife told me. So anyway. <coughs> you know it, it's that same problem, right? Was that laptop? Pharmaceutical drugs? Oh, no, the, the doctor gave it to me. I don't care if a doctor gave it to you or not. If you're depending upon those, it's called dependency upon drugs. My wife had her cancer surgery and came out. It wasn't the second day you stopped taking pain medication. And when she went to go see her doctor, she said, so are you still on pain medication? Oh, no, I stopped that the second day when I was still in the hospital. What? Oh, yeah, I didn't do that. Are you in any pain? She goes, well, yeah. There, there's some there, but why take that? Watch, watch, here's what the doctor said. Most people don't want any pain at all. So I'm going to take drugs as long as you keep giving them to me because I don't want to feel a thing. Then the Lord said, after you suffer a while. There's something about suffering that teaches us things nothing else will teach us. And God said, look, you're going to get punched. You're going to get pressed. I'm, sometimes it's going to look like there's no way to get through. What are you going to do? Yeah, but it hurts. Sure it does. Sure it does. It hurts. So what are you going to do about it? You know, your Savior, I think he hurt. He ran his race. He reached the goal. And the goal was to be killed on a cross. That was the, that was the goal? That's what he got? No. He looked beyond the suffering to the joy that was set. You know what the joy? Hey, hey. You know what the joy was? You. His father's will and sons and daughters being born into the kingdom of God. He said, I will suffer all of this so that people could be born into the kingdom of God. So you keep looking at yourself too much and it's going to bring you down. Perhaps you've fallen into sin. Whatever. You're not right with God and you know it. Your own sin and your own punishment is slowing you down and you know it, but you won't admit it. You won't say anything about it and you won't handle it and you're about ready to quit. You're about ready to throw up the white flag and call it quit. Perhaps it's a physical condition. Boy, you used to be so strong. Remember that? Man, you were fast, strong. You could do anything you wanted to. Remember that? Remember that? Somebody go like, you probably can't do that. Yeah, I can. That's Sorn. Yeah, I can. Right? All young guys that way. Bible talks about a youth's strength. It happened. I wasn't that way when I was young. You sure you're a guy? Anyway, so anyway. So what happens is perhaps it's something physical. You have been healthy all year. It's getting worse. Actually, it's been five years, ten years. And they finally told you, we don't know what else to do with you. You may be like this the rest of your life. That's unfair, isn't it? It's just, uh, it's just, it doesn't make sense. It can't be right. I just can't seem to move like I used to. Preacher, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through all this? It's not over. It's not over till it's over. Perhaps it's a loved one's in the hospital, terminally ill. Maybe it's somebody very close to you that just recently died. I know someone here I know not who you're thinking about either. You don't know who this person is. You're a very dear friend and relative. Committed suicide in front of his wife and two children. Young person. How far into despair would you have to go to do that? 
thought about committing suicide one time. I was driving down the road. This after I was a Christian. I'm driving down the freeway, and I thought to myself, these things are really bad. And um, I saw this pillar underneath the overpass. You know what I'm talking about? Big concrete pillars. And I thought, you know, if I picked up speed and ran into that full force, it'd probably kill me. Then I had another thought. The other thought was, no, I'd probably just mangle myself. And then I sat in a wheelchair the rest of my life, and I didn't. Even, I can't even do that right. Couldn't even kill myself right. That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? So to make a long story short, I didn't kill myself. We're okay. okay? Besides that, I'm just chicken, to be honest with you. So what happens here? Maybe it's a physical condition. We have several people in here. They're never going to get any better. Never. Just not going to think about it. You say, I believe God can. I do too. But if not, Paul comes to those like this and says, okay, like a boxer, you've been hit really hard, haven't you? You've been hit hard, and you, it knocked you down. It knocked you down. Are you knocked out? Are, I mean, are you out of the game? I mean, it's all over with. No, it just hurt real bad. Get back up. Get back up. Get on your feet again. You know, boxers and people like that are trained that even when they get hit, you respond positively. Hey, man, are you okay? You ready to go back? Yes, sir. How many fingers are you holding up? Two. Give me your gloves. They wipe them off. And the guy's still doing this. He has been trained to say, you don't give up, you don't give in. They've been trained to do that. And therefore, when they finally get back to their feet, you ready to go? Yeah. He may not even know where he's at at the point, at the time. But they ask the question, and he gives the right answer, and that's what we need to learn to do too. Okay, so you've been knocked down, but you're not knocked out. Or like a wrestler, you've been pressed. Somebody being pressed, or even right now in your life, you're being pressed all the time. I hope you listen to me. Put your phones away, please, everybody. Put your phones away. I'm preaching. This is for everybody. Like a football player. The enemy's closed it up. You ain't getting through. You're not making it through this one. Not going to happen. How do you know until you go and try the handle? How many times did you say, I'll go to church one more time? I'll try it one more time. I'm thinking of, there's a lady sitting in here right now that one night after a preaching service, she told me, preacher, I wasn't sure I was going to come back, but I came back tonight. And that message was exactly what I needed. It made sense. I'm going to continue on. What would happen if she quit? It didn't make any difference what was going on. She got to the place where she was pressed, and I can't go on it. There's no way through this one right now. Or like a runner, you, okay, you fell behind. Everybody does. You can't lead the pack forever. It just doesn't work that way. Somebody's going to be faster than you. Somebody's going to outstrip you. You're going to trip up. Something's going to happen. What are you going to do? A righteous man falleth seven times. A righteous, not a sinful, a righteous person. You say, then what's the difference? and riseth back up again. Get back up. Get back on your feet and say, you know something? Jesus is worth more than this. I can do this. It hurt. I have the scars to prove it, but everybody does. I'm getting back on my feet. That guy thought he had me knocked out. He didn't. He just knocked me down. That person thought they had me pinned. They didn't. They were just pressing me, trying to pin me. I'm getting back up on my feet. I'm going to get back. I'm going to listen to my coach. I'm going to do what he tells me to do, and I have to understand the great difference between success and failure is what it takes to pin you. Everybody gets pressed. Everybody gets knocked down. You going to stay down? Every time you turn around, you throw up the white flag and say, I can't do this anymore. Everybody is going to get pressed. Everybody's going to get knocked down. Oh, yes, they will. I don't care how perfect you think this is going to be. Everybody's going to come to the place where seemingly there's no way through this one. There's just no way. Everybody, sooner or later, one time or another, will fall behind in their race. But it's not over till it's over. You're not pinned. You're not down for the count. There is a way through. You just need to stay on your feet and keep going. Can I ask you a question? Did the sun rise this morning? Even if there's clouds out there, the sun rose this morning. Uh, preacher, it's really not the sun. You science, go back to your class. Do you understand that? Is God still on the throne? Is he? Is he still on the throne? Is Jesus still the intercessor for man? Are all these things still going on? Has the end of the world come yet? 
No, okay, here's the answer. No. Okay, keep going. Mm, I don't know. No, it hasn't. Do you understand? What I'm saying, it's not yeah. over. Why? Because it's not over. Right. It's not over. You're calling it quits, and God's still on the throne. You're still alive. He's still working in people's lives. Folks are still getting saved. What are you doing? Backing up, calling it quit. Your Savior didn't do all that. Understand, our church several times in the past, a couple of years, I thought we're done. We're pinned. It's over. I can't go on. I can't do this anymore. Well, let's see. That was about the big one. I thought it was over. There was no way through. I was knocked down. I was being pressed. It's done. I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. You get up on a Sunday morning and you get dressed. Well, I'm going to go to church. Good for you. Amen. You just got back on your feet and told the one that knocked you down, I'm not done. Well, you'll never get through this. Well, I'll find out when I get to the door. Amen. Put your hand on that handle and twist that handle and figure out once and for all that you can do this. Someone would tell you during these times, it's very important what you say to people. Don't agree with people when they're hurt. Understand, but don't agree with them. Yeah, I don't blame you for quitting. Would you please, uh, what the Italian person say, shut your mouth. What are you doing telling people, I agree with you, you should quit? Don't ever listen to a person like that. It means the world to me when somebody goes, look at, hey, preacher, you don't have to say this. I don't care what everybody says about you. I'm for you. Leave out the first part and help me a bit. I don't care what David Chris says. You know, he said something, but I'm not for that. I'm for you, preacher. That makes me feel real good. Or at least it will after I get through beating him up. Somebody comes by and puts that. Now, you need to write this part down. Somebody comes by and puts a rather large offering in the offering plate. Yeah, you didn't pay attention to that one. What did he say, honey? Yeah. And then Brother Mike goes like this. Hey, preacher, you don't believe this. Check this out. Oh, you're not excited about that? Okay, so we're going to give you a $500 a week raise. You get a little excited? Oh, yeah. Oh, see, now you identify when it's you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But this is what happens. All it takes sometimes, I, I like, the, the, the way I, I do this, now watch, with David Chris, here's what I do. I just let you know, come here. David Chris and I really don't shake hands. This is what we do, right? Well, that sounds hollow, doesn't it? <laughs> Other people I go by and go, okay, how you doing, man? Everybody wants to know their relationship with preacher. How we doing? So I go by and I talk to the twins back here. You two are trying to act like twins. They'll go like this. No, we're not. You're wearing the same glasses, wearing the same kind of hairdo. You sit next to each other, same lip gloss, same everything. That's me showing them. I like it. You understand? Everybody needs that encouragement. Everybody needs somebody to go by. So you doing okay? That's good. Love you, man. He goes home like this. Preacher said he loved me. <laughs> Why does he beat on me if he said he likes me that well? Do you understand? Sometimes you come to church and all you need, I tell this, I said, you're my best friend in the whole church. I love seeing you here this morning. You're my best girl right there. And she just smiles. Everybody needs that. The strongest person in the world needs encouragement. Everybody needs somebody to go like this. You're going to be okay, honey. You're fine. The guys you run around, they're, they're good Christians. You're going to be great. Are you going to say something about you too? Okay. No, you don't? Okay. Here, get a comb. Okay, anyway. Do you understand? When people come up to you and go like this, hi, preacher, hi, preacher, hi, preacher. You know what they're saying? I want to be friends with you too. That's why you do what you do. There are people who got knocked down. There are people who are trying to be pinned. There are folks who looks like there's no way through this, and they come to church. There's no time for you to sit there and stare and think about yeah. yourself. Get out of yourself and get involved in somebody. You know this lady right here is waiting for a kidney transplant? I know she doesn't have another kidney to give away, but <laughs> she's going through the same thing. 
the same thing. When she's missing here, it's because she's very, very sick. She can't make it here. Or she's worn. Come on, we all know about Dieter and what all she went through. You understand? There are people all around you that are hurting and wondering, I'll never get through this. But she's here this morning. Amen. A just man falls seven times. You rise up again. Preacher, I'm going to be there. Amen. I'm going to be there. What you're going through hurts. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm telling you, I know I can see the blackness. If you, you've been buffeted, you've been knocked down, you're being pressed all the time. It doesn't look, but would you please listen to me? It is not over till it's over. Back on your feet. Christians have got to quit quitting. There is no future in quitting. None. You accomplish nothing. And don't don't you dare give me preachers because I'm not going to church, not tithing, not not winning anybody, not doesn't mean I don't love the Lord. Let me tell you something: you don't love the Lord. You absolutely do not love the Lord. Try pulling that with your wife or your husband. Honey, I'm not coming home. I'm never going to mention your name again. I don't care about you and the kids, but I want you to know I love you. Who would fall for that? Go ahead, raise your hand. Nobody. Somehow we think people will believe that when we talk about the Lord that way. It's not true. Way too many people. I was reading a statistic the other day. More and more people. There was this huge wave about, about rock and roll in church and everybody jazzercising in church. It's all falling down. Yeah. Now, a new statistic. More and more people are leaving religion altogether. Right. Who gave them the right to quit? Well, you don't know what, who gave them the right to, you're not your own, you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Amen. We have no right to, who gave you the right to, you're not your own, who gave you the right to stop? Amen. Who told you didn't have to serve the Lord anymore? Who told you had it so bad you could, who told you that? Everybody stumbles, everybody falls, everybody gets punched, everybody hurts. But what people want to know is, how did you keep going? Now you got my attention. I want to see how this turns out. I like you. I wish you were in our Christian school. You know that? I think we could help you a lot. But your sister pushed you right out, didn't she? Oh, she's not even in here. Oh, that's right. My wife and I have been through a lot things some of you will never know. Some of you think you're going to, David Chris said, preacher, I know a lot that's going on in your life. I've been here for a long time. David Chris knows some things that I've let people know. But there are things that in our private life, in our individual life, and every Sunday morning and Sunday night, I have to get back up here. Now just imagine that no matter what goes on in your life, you have to get up on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Thursday and preach. You ready? Can you do that? Okay, those of you that are going through a tough time right now, you're preaching tonight. Jerry, you're preaching tonight. Ma'am, you're going to have to preach tonight. I, I, I can't, that's just too tough for me. You said, preacher, I'm hurting. No, I, I don't want to tell you. You've got to preach. There you go. Cheers. Now, you think this is easy. And you say, oh, preacher gets gifts and people clap for him. Oh, isn't that wonderful? That's the easy part. What do you do when your heart's breaking? You still have to preach to other people that need to be lifted up. Amen. What do you do when you want to quit and you're telling other people, what are you doing quitting? You can't do that. What do you do then? You have to understand people are watching you like a bug in a glass, like a runner in a stadium, like a boxer in a ring. They're watching you. Some people are pulling for you and other people are hoping you get knocked down and never get up again. Jesus loves you. Why would he put me through this? So that when you come out on top, you draw all men to him. Look at him. He did it. Man, if he got through that, I can get through that. In about time, we started showing some people that side of things instead of, well, if they couldn't make it, I can't make it. I, I've never understood. My best friend quit on Christianity, so I'm quitting too. How does that help anything? It doesn't. Somebody's got to make it. Somebody's got to do it in spite of sin, in spite of heartache or losses, disappointment, knocked down, pressed. Somebody's got to finally do this and say, no matter how much it hurts, after you suffered a while, 
make you perfect, strengthen, establish, settle you. You're never going to get settled if you keep quitting and coming back and quitting. I'm glad you're here. Don't misunderstand. Glad you're here. You didn't give up. God bless your heart. You're here again. Amen. Hallelujah. What do you do when you see a, I think the guy's name was Jim Ryan, believe it or not. And all eyes were focused on this guy just all cramped up and couldn't move and everybody was just, he's getting up. He's limping forward. Look at this guy go on. Other guys just run. They stop talking about them. They're focused on the guy who should have stopped, quit, was almost destroyed and he got back up and he did that for a ribbon. He did that for, for a, a medal. Ladies and gentlemen, we live for the Lord Jesus Christ. One day in heaven, we'll glorify his name. That's worth living for. That's worth suffering for. That's worth doing without. It's not over till it's over. Are you saved? You've been bought with a price. You do not have the right to quit when you want to. Oh, you can. I'm just saying you don't have the right. Because Jesus died for you. He went all the way. Didn't he? For you. He said, I know you're dependent upon me and I'm going to do this. This is what my father wants. This is what's right to do and I'm going to do it. And the world tried to beat everything out of him, didn't they? And the devil laid everything on him he possibly could and your Savior, your Savior said, I'm going to make it for you because you need me to do this. Isn't it about time we laid ourselves aside and live for somebody else? It's not over till it's over. Let's pray, Father.